The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, let's have a look at uh, what's been going on in China as well here in a little more detail, because we've got Chinese regulators ramping up efforts to support the stock market, which saw little reprieve from Chinese President Xi Jinping's speech. Let's uh, discuss all this with uh, Sophia Horta y Costa, Bloomberg Chief uh, China Markets Correspondent. Sophia, looking at all this, there wasn't a lot for market bulls in China to get their teeth into. Yes, exactly. Not, 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 nothing really to be excited about uh, over the speech. But um, there was an expectation that she would announce any kind of market-friendly measures. You know, I've been writing about the the very idea or the very hope on Wall Street that we would get uh, any signal of a COVID zero um, pivot out of this party congress. And, and and I've been saying that that hope was misplaced and, and very much so. I mean, that was kind of, you know, the speech really doubled down on the fact that it's a policy that China will stick to. So any conversations uh, beyond that, uh, beyond what will happen to Chinese markets um, really, really have to be based on what will happen to COVID zero. Uh, so nothing really to, for, for traders to cling to. Nothing nothing specific, nothing new, nothing different. And it was really a kind of a damp squib for markets. Yeah, you could kind of tick through. There were a few positives, uh, like pushing science and technology, and, and uh, but there were plenty of negatives too. So it seems like uh, the, the main takeaway was a slight negative uh, for markets. But then we get the Chinese regulators talking about companies um, uh, being freed up to buy back more shares and, and easing some curbs uh, on overseas mutual funds uh, in making purchases. Will that, will that um, uh, suggest a, a little upward push? And, there's always the, the national team as well. Yes, really putting a floor on markets. And there was a, a little bit of a positive reaction to that as well. It's not just corporate buybacks, which we know can be extremely effective. I mean, I'm sitting here in New York, uh, and that's been used uh, in U.S. markets as a tool to, to support um, prices. Uh, it's a small small amount. It looks like it will be a small amount and also st- uh, still quite a lot of restrictions around that. But at least 13 mutual funds in China announced on Monday that they'll buy their own equity products and that will also uh, shore up confidence in the market. You know, if, if mutual funds are buying their own equity products, then retail investors should have the confidence to do so as well. Uh, and also the sense that um, China uh, 
uh, on the regu regulatory side will, and this kind of feeds back to the whole opening up narrative, will continue to reform financial markets and will continue to allow for overseas investors to play a bigger role. And that is really, I think, the story for next year. Where does China stand on that? And does it still want overseas capital to come into its markets? Because we've had such severe outflows this year, and that would be what uh, what, that would be what would really put a floor on Chinese markets. Well, uh, Sophia, today we were expecting industrial production, GDP, most importantly, retail sales, jobless numbers, fixed asset uh, investments, and uh, all of this has been delayed and no, no uh, yeah. reason given. Now, the thing is that that's not exactly investor-friendly, is it? I think this is a classic case of uh, officials in China not knowing how to communicate to financial markets, or maybe not really seeing that as a priority. Uh, I mean, I think the, the, the what really kind of spooked or confused um, analysts and, and investors is the fact that this was done so last minute. I mean, if had China said two weeks ago, um, you yeah. know, we, we're not gonna release this key economic data because every single important person is gathered uh, and, and, and very distracted doing something else in Beijing called, as we know, the Party Congress, then that would that would have made a lot of sense. I mean, I remember commenting two weeks ago, you know, why is China releasing the third quarter data in the middle of the Party Congress? It makes no sense. But the fact that they uh, decided with no explanation um, to, to change or to delay um, so last minute, I think really, um, you know, the China... China needs to learn, <laughs> I think, uh, how to how to kind of do that part better. Just communicate to market, make sure that uh, things like this don't unnecessarily confuse yeah. people because that's what gets people nervous. There might have been a little bit of a bounce in there of slightly more than say three point three percent for GDP, and and uh, that that would be better than the prior quarter. But in any case, uh, much below the target. Um, but let's go back to, like, your first comment about how we're, we may see some short-term support. It's almost like if you see a dead cat bounce in, in the U.S. In, on Wall Street, uh, whether you just want to go in there and buy, knowing that further down the road there may be some losses. Uh, do you think we'll see some aggressive buying of Chinese shares here in the shorter term? I think the word um, the word you use there, aggressive, is is the key modifier. I mean, I, I wouldn't ex I wouldn't be surprised to see some buying. Um, the prices are are so depressed. I mean, the CSI three hundred is down twenty two percent this year after already a bad year the previous year. Um, but but the key thing the the overhangs in the market they're all still there, and there's no clear path forward on the property market on COVID zero, and no sign that any of that will change. So until we get clarity on that front. Um, that word aggressive won't won't happen. We could see some buying, and and really the important thing for for markets is finding a floor right now. Yeah, and maybe they just tell people don't sell into it. Um, you know, so it yeah. may not be that aggressive on the buying. But if you don't have sellers uh, taking advantage of the better prices. Uh, uh, we could see some gains. Okay, uh, thanks very much, Sophia. Always fun, always interesting, and always something to learn. Sophia Orte-Costa, Bloomberg Chief China Markets Correspondent. This is Bloomberg. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams-Hurd, the host of InTrust, 
a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.